Hey, good morning. Hey, if you're new, I'd also like to welcome you, introduce myself. I'm Charlie, the lead pastor here, and really glad you are worshiping with us today. And uh, you've caught us at the, uh, the last week, the sixth week of a series we've done on the Holy Spirit called Forgotten God, where we've been reading this book by Francis Chan together in our small groups and just kind of talking through some different themes and learning about the Holy Spirit together. And um, it's kind of putting all this together. I think it's, I think it's been important for me, and, and I, f- uh, I feel like I've struggled more this week leading up to this Sunday than I normally do trying to figure out what to say because I really want to figure out a, do a, a good way to kind of tie it all together where we've been, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit because I don't, I don't want this to be uh, a series where we learn some things, but in the end, our life is the same, and our approach to, to God in life is, is the same as it was six weeks ago. And so what we're going to do today is we'll kind of review some of the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks, and then we're going to kind of figure out, okay, what, what would it mean for, what does this mean for us moving forward? Um, and so we've been around here for the last few weeks, and we could have been talking about, you know, 20, 30, 40 different kinds of things, but the three things that have really kind of stuck out to me as far as what it really means for the Holy Spirit to be in your life. And so the Holy Spirit is God Himself who comes inside you to live in you. Not, not a counselor beside you, but God's presence as an advocate and counselor inside you. What does that mean? Well, here's a few of the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks. And the first one is that the Holy Spirit guides you into truth. You know, sometimes you're reading the Bible or you're listening to a message and you're like, man, I don't even sure, I don't, even, I don't, under, I don't understand this. I don't understand this, and what the Holy Spirit does, according to Jesus, He will guide you. It's like, you may not completely understand this, but look at it this way, and, and an insight will come from the Holy Spirit. It's really helpful. Or maybe you understand it, but you're not exactly sure what you're supposed to do about it. And again, the Holy Spirit will come in and be like, man, this is a powerful truth that you've just learned, and, and now here's what you need to do about it. And so when you're confused, the Holy Spirit gives insight, but then he'll also come alongside you and say, hey man, here's, here's what you need to do differently. But in addition to that, the Holy Spirit guide you into truth. The Holy Spirit will also help you navigate life. Both those things come from John uh, 14 through 16 where Jesus is kind of talking about the Holy Spirit. And basically what he says is like, here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to help you understand sin, uh, righteousness, and judgment. And so that has the idea, it's like, well, s- sometimes you need somebody to tell you, bro, that's not, no, that's not cool, that's not good, that's bad, that's bad, what you're doing, bad, right, bad. And uh, sometimes uh, he's like, hey, not just don't do that bad thing, but this actually, this good thing that you can do. And to make sure that you understand the consequences, you choose this, you end up over here, and you choose this, you end up over here, and, and you want to choose God's path. And so you find yourself in a situation, sometimes, like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the right thing to do is. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and say, hey, this is the right thing and this is the wrong thing. But let's be honest, most of the bad situations that we end up in are not where we're like, man, I'm not sure what the right thing to do is here, right? Can you be honest? I mean, He's like, I'm very clear about what the right and the wrong thing is. I just like wrong. Right? And so the Holy Spirit will help you there too. It's like, it's not just helping you know the difference, but giving you the power and the strength to choose the right way over the wrong way. And so he comes in and just kind of helps you navigate. 
And then ultimately, and this is what we talked about last week in Galatians 5, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, that ultimately the Holy Spirit will fill you with, with inward character. You know, when he talks about, when Paul talks about, hey, this will be the result of a Spirit-filled life, he's not talking about things you, you're going to do. He's talking about who you are, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, these qualities that we all, that we all desperately need. When, when, when people are hurting me, that I can show love when life overwhelms me, that I can have joy when life is too much, I can have peace. When I'm trying to make the, the right decision, I have, I have self-control. When I'm in a situation when someone else is hurting, I can show them gentleness. All of these things, these qualities that we desperately need. And so if we were to be honest about kind of where we are in our lives and the reason why sometimes we feel like we're stuck. I'm stuck and I'm not being who I should be. I'm not becoming who I should be. And I'm just just kind of floating around. Or maybe I'm sinking. Usually it comes down to one of these three things. Maybe I just don't even, I don't know. Maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm just ignorant and I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. This is the Holy Spirit will guide you into truth. Maybe it's not a knowledge problem. Maybe it's, it's a conviction problem. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I have all this knowledge, but I don't know how it applies into how I'm supposed to, to choose this or this. And the Holy Spirit will help you understand. Never that. Choose this. And will give you the, the power to, to choose the right thing. And then ultimately, maybe if we're just going to be honest and don't, 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 don't ask anybody to raise their hand, maybe you're just in your heart. You're just not a very good person right now. And I just don't have what it takes in me to be who God's called me to be. And we're trying real hard. I want to become a better person. When really it's something the Holy Spirit said He will do. He will transform you from the inside and, and, and will flow in you these, these qualities. And so whether or not it's me, you, you, you feel like your, your character's lagging or your knowledge is lacking or your, your ability to choose well, all of these ways, all of these problems are solved by unlocking and understanding the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit inside you. So we can say all that, and we've looked at some inspirational passages, and here in a couple minutes we're going to look at one more. It's going to be real rah, 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 inspirational passage. Holy Spirit, your life transformed. Woo, right? It's going to be, going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be a great time. But really we have to ask this question. You can say all this you want about the Holy Spirit, but the question really is this, now what? Is this really just going to be another time where it's like, man, that was a really good series. I really liked it. Like, we felt like we learned a lot about the Holy Spirit, and I didn't even really even know that. And, and so a month from now, it's like, yeah, I've heard about that, and now you know things. And maybe there were times when you felt really inspired, but long term, nothing's really different. That's what we want to avoid. And I was thinking about this. Some of the, some of the greatest ministries out there and some of the ones that we support, too, are, they're just incredible. Some of our great, great ministries are kind of Christian camp, church camp kind of places. How many of you at least one time in your life went to some kind of church camp, Christian camp, right? Growing up. Okay. All right. This is awesome, right? You get so fired up. First of all, mom and dad aren't there, and, 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 and that's great, and, and, it's real, and you're doing all these fun things and all these fun activities, and they're getting you all hype, and you learn all these chants, and, and it's, it's, it's so hype. And then, at the end of the week, 
they get real serious with you. And they, and, and, and they, and they, and they lay it all on the line. And you're like, yes, whatever he said, yes. And you're just so fired up. I mean, like the first time I decided that I was going to be a preacher, I was 15, it was a camp. This guy was like, man, and I feel like somebody in this room is wanting to, I forget how exactly we used to phrase it back in the day. Surrender to the call of ministry in your life, something like that, right? So somebody's going to do that. And I'm looking around. There's got to be somebody. Nobody? I guess it's me. And I was me. And so I just went down. I was, I was like, it was me. I was, I was like, let's do this, right? And then you come home, and I'm still a bully and a foul-mouthed 15-year-old. Right? I was real excited. But I didn't take with me the tools that I needed to sustain it. And again, this is not a shot at Christian camps. Most of these camps are incredible at that and have incredible follow-up programs. This was me 30 years ago, right? And um, what can we do to make sure that we don't walk out of here just like inspired but no change? Because I'm afraid that sometimes I think we lean on church to kind of be like, you know, 50 small church camp experiences every week. Like I just want somebody to just kind of give me just enough little boost so I can make it through this week. And then I'll come back next week and get another little boost. But I'm not really equipping myself for the real significant life change that needs to happen in me. So again, one last really cool inspirational passage about what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. And then we're going to kind of get a little practical. Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. So this is a prayer. It's very explain this. This is a prayer that Paul has. Paul is um, he's praying. He's kind of describing to the Ephesians what he has been praying for them. And so in these prayers, one of the things that we learn is like it really kind of functions as promises. What he's praying, he's like praying, this is what God wants to do in your life. And if you will let him, this is what will happen. So it's something that he's praying for, but it's not something just random that he's praying for. This is something that God is wanting to do in the lives of those who follow him. And it's a really awesome prayer here. Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So he's like, yeah, here's what I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying that God, who, who basically everybody comes from, everybody is under God, everybody. I'm praying that he's this generous God and that this generous God's going to make you strong and inside. And he does this through his spirit, his power through the spirit. And then what's going to happen? Christ is going to be real to you. Your faith is going to be strong. And then once you have this power, you're going to be grounded and rooted in this loving relationship with God. And then together, not just you, but together, all of us together, 
are going to be able to understand not only the depth and the quality of the love of God, but we're going to be full and anything and everything that God calls us to, we will see God do. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that this is a place that is full of people that are so full and overwhelmed by the power and the presence of God that the foundation of your individual life is strong and then collectively God is using us to change the world and to bring hope and life everywhere. This is the promise. If we can figure out what it means to unlock the power of God's presence inside you through His Spirit. As far as what God wants to do in me and through me, it would appear that there are no limits. But the question remains, how? How do I do that? How do I unlock if this power exists in me through God's Spirit? What do I need to do? So we're just going to look at just a, few, just a couple of little practical things. And this first one, this first one comes, I, I stole this from my wife, and um, I'm not sure who she stole it from. Anytime either one of us has a really great idea, we end up reading it in a book later. Like, I hate this, I hate this, this, this is my thing. I think like, I have this incredible insight. I think, man, this is awesome, this is awesome. And then I read it in a book that very next week that was written like 60 years ago. I'm like, dude, you're not original. Anyway, so no, I'm not going to say any of these things, none of these things are original to me, and I'm telling you up front, I sold this one for my wife, I don't know who she stole from, right? Okay, so this is it's awesome, I love it when my wife says this, it's, it's, it, it's very vivid for me. Uh, what she says this, is that we need to give the Spirit a broader vocabulary. And so the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak to you, but He is limited in what He can say. And I'm not saying this because God Himself is limited. He knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about life. He speaks all of the languages. But you don't speak all the languages. And you don't know the things that He knows. And there's an interesting thing. When Jesus talks about the the relationship between helping you know the truth, it says the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into truth. So, So you're looking for it. And he helps you understand it. It doesn't say that you're just going to be sitting there and he's just going to start teaching you things. He's going to help you understand the things that you're pursuing. And he's going to be able to recall for you the promises and the the truths that you've learned. And there's some powerful truths in the Scripture that could be an incredible comfort for you, that could bring you life, that could help inspire this character, that could help you make decisions. But if those verses aren't in you, you don't know. Like one of my favorites, Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where it says that, it's saying, hey, don't be anxious. But if you'll pray, then what will happen is this, the, this peace, this peace that is not understandable. It's not a peace, but I solve your problem, I'm telling you what. Just this overwhelming peace will come and will guard your heart. What a, sometimes I think it's like my, my heart just needs a fence around it. It's just getting a little bit out of control, the things that I'm thinking and feeling and worrying about. I would love if there were like this peace wall, this peace fence around it. And God wants to give that to me, and sometimes I need a reminder. Hey, remember, this is what I want to do in your life. 
And then there's this other verse that, that, that gets misused all the time, and so I, I always hate to use it because you might connect it with this misuse that everybody has. This verse talks about that God's working in everything for the good of those who believe in Him. And sometimes we take that to mean something it doesn't mean. Let me, tell you, let me just tell you what it does mean. Basically what he's saying is that no matter what happens in your life, you can know that God is working on your behalf for your good. No matter how bad the situation is, no matter how deep or awful the struggle is, you can know for sure God is working on my behalf for my good. This isn't good. This thing that's happened to me is not good. Nothing about this is good. But God is good and He's working on my behalf for my good. How many people wouldn't love that, to be reminded of that every now and then? Is that verse alive enough in you for the Holy Spirit to remind you of it? And the book, the Bible, cover to cover, is full of inspirational stories and powerful truths and incredible promises of God that will meet all of the situations and the circumstances that you find yourself in when you need a word and encouragement from God. And you need to be giving God more of these words so He can encourage you. And so, this is very self-serving. I encourage you, keep coming back to church. Let's not make church some ritual. Let's not make church something that you have to check off a box where God tells me I have to do this or some guilt associated with it. This is an opportunity for me to hear and learn and understand more about the truths that God has for me so that then in my day-to-day life, the Holy Spirit has more vocabulary to, to talk to me. And in addition to that, in addition to being a part of church on Sunday morning, get in a small group where you're able to discuss these things even more and you're able to learn and understand and the Holy Spirit's vocabulary increases. In addition to that, you need to, on your own, be consuming and reading and understanding, studying God's Word on your own. You need to take some time, a little bit of time every day, and I get more of God's Word in you. Because the more of God's Word that's in you, the more the Holy Spirit is going to be able to guide you and direct you and bring these things to your mind. Now, it always surprises me that even still um, in you know, February 2019, that I can say this and it be a surprise to somebody. This happened to me just last week. Somebody's like, I didn't know there was a, an app for the Bible. Like, how do you not know that? Like, bro, you live in a bubble. And I'm shut up. Now I'm fighting. Okay, no. There's a Bible app. There is an app. It's got the whole Bible in it and tons of different translations. And then it has all these different reading plans that go from just a few verses a day that last for three weeks to a lot of different chapters where you read through the whole Bible in a year. All these different types of plans. It'll pop up a verse every day for you if you'd like. It'll just give you a little notification, a little inspirational verse every day. There's lots of different things that this app can do. I encourage you to get it. I encourage you to use it to take some time out of your day to allow the Spirit to speak to you and to give Him more words and truths and promises that He can reassure you with all throughout your week. So we've got to figure out a way to get more of God's Word inside of us. In addition to that, in addition to giving the Holy Spirit a broader vocabulary by getting more of His Word into us, we've talked about this, if you've been here any of the weeks um, you've heard me say this every week uh, that we've been here. If we really want the Spirit's power and presence to be more real in us, we also need to be quiet and listen. 
reality of it is, our life moves for the most part at a really fast pace. And we've always got something that's distracting us. We've already got, we've always got two or three things occupying us at any one particular time. Life is moving fast and life is very loud. And there just really aren't any margins or gaps in, in, our, in, our, in our mental space or just even in our physical lives to just kind of slow down and quiet things down so that God has an opportunity to speak. But sometimes I think what, what, what we wish that God would do was yell really loud over the noise of our life. Hey, that's dumb! You're being a dummy! Stop! But all throughout Scripture, it seems very clear that God speaks primarily in whispers. Hey. 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 Let's be honest. If that's the volume at which God is speaking in your life, your life's too loud to hear that. And you're not taking any time in your week to be quiet enough to let God whisper His truth to you. To give you an encouragement. To just kind of empty your head of all the worries and anxieties and frustrations and distractions and just give God a window to say something to you. That idea that it is in kind of these spiritually quiet moments where God speaks, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of part of our design here. I mean, I'm a, I'm a person of routine, and, and I like routine. And, and if, if you notice routine, then, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, that here in about five minutes, the, the piano player is going to come out, right? And he's going to start playing some mood, some, some mood music, right? And then the lights are going to dim. Lights are going to dim. And then Charlie moves from this to kind of a little more different cadence, right? You've noticed that. Maybe if you haven't, now I'm sorry I ruined it for you. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. We are trying to create an environment that is good for the quieting of the soul. We're going to turn the lights down. There's just a little, just a little less to see. We're going to slow the pace of the, of, the, of the talking down. There's going to be some soft music. All designed to create for you a moment of soul quietness where God has an opportunity to reflect with you about something that He's wanting you to understand. Some change that He's wanting you to make. We've, we, we craft our services in such a way where you can have that moment. And then we go into worship and we hope that that moment continues. And even though the volume of the music is not soft, right? We are wanting the, the volume of your life to be low. And to give yourself a moment, if God wanted to say something to you, to give Him that opportunity. So once a week, we're trying to create such an environment for you. What if you created an environment like that for you every day? Where at least once every day, I'm going to put myself into a situation where my soul and my life quiet down. And if God wanted to say something to me, 
he could. And then suddenly, I've learned to be quiet. I've learned to hear God's voice. And now it doesn't sound near as weird when people say, man, God wants to speak to you. God's trying to lead you. God's trying to talk to you. And you're like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. You build the habit enough. It becomes routine enough. And then suddenly, I know exactly what that is. And I know what I need to do if I need to hear a word from God. Because sometimes we're going too fast, yelling too loud. Our, our, our souls are too split and distracted to be able to hear. So we need to give the spirit a broader vocabulary. We learn, learn to be quiet and listen. And now this thing that I'm going to say next is going to feel like it's the opposite of be quiet and listen. It's going to feel like maybe it's the opposite. Well, some of us are moving too fast to to hear from God, but there's also this sense in which we're expecting God to do something while we're doing nothing. And so I'm going to say this, and you need to also be quiet and listen, but you also need to get moving. You also need to get moving. I mean, you you need to move. You sitting around, not really pursuing God, not really trying to live the life that God has called you to, but kind of, even if you are... the you know, you, the, the chaos and the pace of your life needs to slow down, but at the same time, your spiritual activity needs to rev up. I'm not saying two different things. I'm saying one part of you needs to slow down and one part of you needs to get moving. You need to get moving. What These promises about what the Holy Spirit are going to do, the verb very often is guide I'm going to guide you. Who do you guide? Someone who is moving. You don't guide someone who is sitting down. I'm going to sit in this chair and I'm going to guide you to take you someplace else. You can't take you someplace else. You're in a chair. Get up out the chair. Start walking. I'll tell you which direction that you need to go. But you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to do something. This is a bit of an overused metaphor in, in some pastor church deals. And so... I'm hesitant to use it, but because I'm hesitant to use it, I probably never use it, right? There's a difference between a pond and a river. And the cleanliness of the water and the activity of the water. If you're sitting around and you're a pond wondering, man, I wonder why I don't ever get to see the ocean. Because you're a daggum pond. You're not going anywhere. You're just sitting there accumulating algae and cows drink you and it's disgusting and they take, it's, it's gross. And you're not doing anything. Rivers are headed somewhere, doing something. And we've got to stop stagnating. Because when you have a heart and a mentality, an expectation, I expect to see God do something and I'm going to walk and move and live like there is an active God, then suddenly you see God do incredible things. If you were here this fall, we were reading a different book, do a different series, um, called Love Does, and the book is this guy, he does, he just kind of, he's very, he used this word, whimsical, he just kind of was a spontaneous, he would just, he would just do these things, right, and he would, he would step out and do this crazy thing, and then this crazy thing would happen, and like, how does that even happen, then Mark and I would feel all this pressure, yeah, we've had stories like that too, where we did something, God did something really cool and weird, right, and what about story, I I got, I got a story, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. This happened a couple months ago. I was, um, I was driving down college, 
heading south towards this McDonald's over here where I sit on Sunday morning, and there's this dude, he's, 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 he's hitchhiking. And I just blew right past him. And then pastor guilt kicks in. Because there's a story called the Good Samaritan where these two pastors walk past this guy who needs help and it was the, the, the not pastor that helped him. And, and no pastor wants to be that, right? Like, like, and so I just did a UE right there in the middle of college, went back around, picked him up, and in my heart I was hoping maybe he was just wanting to go eat at that McDonald's. And um, turned out he, was, he wanted to go to... Um, this uh, convenience store at Weddington and, and 49, and he had a job interview there, not with the, the convenience store, but to be a, an assistant to a handyman. It all sounded, it was all very drug dealish to me. It was, just all very, it was all very sketchy. It was all very weird. But I'm having this conversation with him. I'm driving him. He's really impressed that I'm willing to not just take him a little bit, but to take him all the way. It's like, oh, it's no problem. We start talking it up, and he asks me what I do, and then I'm like, you, know, cause you never know how people are going to react when I tell them what I do. I tell my pastor, you can tell that meant something to him, that I was willing to do that. And then we got there, and I dropped him off, turned around, that's it. That's the story. There's nothing to that story, right? I mean, there's, there's no, it's like, and then, there's no and then. It was just, I did, I, I did God asked me to do this thing, I just, I just did it. And then today, it's at that same McDonald's, and sometimes you go there, and you can tell that there's like a homeless person there who's just, trying to get out of the weather and, and just exhausted, taking a nap there. And I walk in there and it appeared to be someone who was in that situation. And I'm, I'm getting ready to order and, and I, got to, I swear the Holy Spirit was like, so are you serious about all this or what? And I'm thinking, mm-mm. I'm not actually. He said, you should, you should ask that woman if she needs anything. Okay. So I finish my order, and, and I set things down, and I'm about to go over there, and her husband comes out of the bathroom. And it turns out she was not in that situation. She was just tired. She was there with her husband, and then, and then they left. Another great story, right? Inspirational. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, the point of that story, really, was God was just like, I just want to see if you're available. I just want to see if you're listening. I just want my voice to be louder in your life. But for every one of those stories, actually, you know, for every three, four, five of those stories, every now and then, you'll have an incredible story where God asks you to do something and you do it and something that you never could have possibly imagined happens. And it's amazing. But it only comes through the discipline of just being willing to listen. And sometimes you have to just, you know, I'm just going to do something that's not going to be really inspiring, that's not even really a story worth telling. But it's just me learning what it means to listen and be faithful to God and do the things that He's called me to do. And as I give Him a greater vocabulary in my life, as I take these moments and I'm just trying to quiet myself there in that McDonald's, and He says to do, He's like, okay, I'll do it. And He goes, well, not this time. Next time, though, I'm going to catch you. But learn to listen. Listen better. That's what He's telling me. We need to listen better. But it's going to happen when we're getting more of Him in us. We quiet ourselves, but we start moving the directions that we know God is calling us to move. So again, just like I promised you a few minutes ago, here we are. The lights have dimmed. Music's playing. And we're hoping that you're going to have a moment. A moment where... 
for some of you, maybe the first time, you can hear the Spirit of God's voice in your life asking you to be, become, and do something different. So we do that as we worship. As always, we have different things in the back for response. There's a prayer team that would love to pray with you if you need prayer. There's prayer candles. Communion is available. There's a cross. There's lots of different ways to respond. We're about to take an offering where you can give out of gratitude and love and generosity towards God. We're going to worship. But let's make a commitment. Let's make a commitment to each other. That this is not going to be a series where we learned interesting information about the Holy Spirit. But we decided individually and collectively we were going to let the Spirit's voice be loud in our lives. And individually and together we would see Him do incredible things in our church. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I just prayed most weeks. I just thank you that you didn't leave us alone. That it wasn't just you, you saved us and then we just had to try and figure it out. But God, that through your spirit that lives in us, we can navigate this life. And so I pray, God, that we would really work to figure out what that means. That we would spend real time in your word. We would really have quiet time in our lives to hear from you. And that, God, that we wouldn't sit around being lazy, waiting for something to happen. But we would be moving in the direction that we know that you want us to move. And then watch you guide us and take us to places we never thought possible. And we, God, we thank you for your son who makes that life even possible. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.